0: Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, Aaron got to share some of our God sightings from Vacation Bible School, and we heard a little bit uh, from Zoe and JV of theirs. Um, I want to share you uh, with you mine that's only uh, somewhat tangential to go and serve, but it happened there, but it's a bigger story. Um, so Dave and I are going to celebrate with great, great joy in just uh, over a week. It was a year ago that we got to stand here before you and preach our very first sermon and be called here to be your co-pastors. And it has been a wonderful, beyond uh, my expectations uh wonderful year. Uh, but as some of you know, I personally, uh, Dave, Dave didn't have as much of this, but I did. I had some struggle leaving where we were in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be emotional, and I, my emotions always get me in ways that I don't expect, so forgive me. But um, what I particularly struggled leaving was a community that my kids had in the church where we were serving, that there were people who really There are people there who really, really love my kids. And so, when we were doing our final interview with the pastor nominating committee, one of the final questions I asked them, again through somewhat unexpected tears, was Is Knox Presbyterian Church a community that's going to love my kids? And of course, they said yes, as any nominating committee should. And so we said, okay, great, thanks. And, you know, we had our continued discernment work all to do together. And then they extended us the invitation to come out for that weekend to preach. And we came. And it was the Saturday night before we preached that the, the, the Thorntons, uh, who helped lead this trip, hosted a barbecue. And I only learned this week when I spent a day with Greta and with Christine that that barbecue was meant to be attended only by the staff and the session, adults. That they felt, you know, that was probably what was going to be the easiest for me and Dave to manage as we're trying to meet and get to know everybody in a whirlwind weekend. But Christine shared with me that it was actually Terry's idea, because Go and Serve had just ended, to say, let's invite the kids. Let's have a little reunion. Let's get the team and So they got everybody who'd gone and go and serve and kids who'd been a part of VBS and just whoever they could think of, and they invited them over to their house too. And I was thinking actually the other night, I probably met some of you that night, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. I remember being like accosted by young people and just being like, hello, I and I didn't remember any of their names, and I'm sorry, but I got them now. And it was a lovely night and a lovely party, and and people at that party did love my kids well. And that was a gift. But as I was praying before church started that next day, a picture came into mind very vividly. And it wasn't of the people of Knox loving my kids, but it was the people of Knox loving every kid. That I could remember back to just the night before seeing... The young people who were there having authentic, easy, friendly conversations with all of the adults who were present there. And that's not something that happens in every realm of life. But at this party that was attended by adults and teenagers and children of this church all together, all kids were loved. And so I knew when I came in to preach that morning that that, that prayer of my mama's heart that question I asked, will my kids be loved here? I knew with all my heart that that was true. And it's only been confirmed in this past year and in these past two weeks, as I've gotten to participate in being one of the people who really truly loves the young people of this church. So I guess all I can say is thank you to you and thank you, thank you to God that we have been called here, that our family has been called here that my kids are loved here, that all kids are loved here. So let's look at Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus has to say to us today. We're continuing in our series we're calling Life Verse. And our verse today comes from our theme of Go and Serve, which was joy in the journey. And our memory verse, when you leave today, you can take a card that has it printed on there to take it with you. The memory verse uh, for the week at Go and Serve came from Hebrews 12, and I'm going to test you. Nicole, I want you to be loud this time (laughs) to see if our Go and Serve team has it memorized before we put it on the screen for everyone. Who who remembers how it at least starts, the first word? Let Let us. We got it, all right. Let us, what? Run with the that is... Looking the pioneer and faith that was pretty good. All right. If you didn't hear them, we're gonna put it up on the screen. We can say it all together. Let us run with perseverance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That's a a short phrase that comes from the entire uh, two verses that we're going to look at today for our life verse, which is Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. If you have a Bible with you or a Bible app that you want to open and look at that uh, with us together, I'd encourage you to do that now. And uh, as we prepare to look at and dig into God's Word together, I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you that... uh, You are a God who speaks to us at all times and in so many ways, and and we confess we are not all that attentive to listen in a lot of those times and a lot of those ways. But right now, we do want to listen. Right now, we do want to hear you speak. So we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak through the words of Scripture, through the words of this message, that our hearts would be open to hear what you have to say to us today. we pray it in your name. Amen. Okay, Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this passage uses the image of running a race. And thinking about that race, this morning I want us to think about it, look at it uh, in three different ways, looking at it kind of from three different angles. I want us to think about running my race, running our race, and running his race. So The first one is my race. The author of Hebrews encourages us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. I have a race that is set before me. You have a race that is set before you. Each one of us could say, I have my run to race. God created each one of us uniquely, God has shaped us throughout our entire lives with unique experiences and circumstances. God has endowed us and developed within us unique gifts and talents and skills. God has allowed unique hardships and challenges to grow us. So, of course, God has set a race before us that is unique to us. I have a race that is set before me, a race that is mine to run, and so do you. And some days I'm good with that. Some days I am happy to know that I have a race to run. But there are some days, some circumstances, some uh, things that happen where I just, I'm not particularly fond of my own personal race. I don't want to run my race. I want to run somebody else's race. Because their race looks cooler. Or their, their race looks more fun, or, or more likely to lead to greater success, or more money, or more More perks, or frankly, their race just looks easier. Instead of running the race that is set before me, I find myself wishing that I could run the race that's set before them, whoever them may be. This has always been the case that we, we, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, right? This has always been the case. It's very easy to compare ourselves to the people around us, but it has never been made more easy than in this age of social media, Right? where it's so easy to, to look at the things of other people's lives, the things that they're willing to post online, right? And the things that we're willing to post online are, are the things that make our race look more fun, that make our race look more cool or more successful or, or, or less difficult. We don't share the things publicly that are, are hard or that are failing or that are boring. No, the things that we we see out there of other people, they're the things that look so much nicer, so much better, so much shinier, so much more put together than what we know of our own race. But when we compare what we know of our own race to what other people have allowed us to see of their race, what we're doing is we're comparing our insides to their outsides. Right? We're envying and wishing for somebody else's race. We're comparing our insides to their outsides, and that is never a fair or right or true or helpful comparison. So let's be clear everybody's race has elements that are fun and beautiful and amazing, and everybody's race has elements that are boring or challenging. Are downright painful. That is true of everyone. So I've got to run my race, the race that is set before me, and here's why. In his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul says that it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has set my race before me to fulfill a purpose. To fulfill a good purpose. To fulfill God's good purpose. And no one can run my race to fulfill God's good purpose in me and through me, except for me. I've got to run my race. And so do you. But that doesn't mean we have to run alone, because we also run our race. Hebrews 12 begins with the words, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great, so great a cloud of witnesses, As I told the team last week, and Dave and I have told you at times before, one little handy-dandy tool of biblical scholarship is when you're reading in the Bible, uh, there are certain words that should capture your attention to, to kind of say, oh, there's something I need to focus in on here a little bit. One of those words is therefore. And the little trick that you can keep in the back of your mind when you're reading your Bible is anytime you see the word therefore, you ask the question, what is this therefore There for? What's it there for? What's it doing? What's it pointing to? Because often when the word therefore is in there, they're trying to get your attention. They're trying to point to something. And, And so here's what's happening in Hebrews 12. He writes, therefore, since we are so surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. He's pointing back to what was said in chapter 11. So, if you had those Bibles open and you want to look, you know, you can feel free to skip back to chapter 11. Uh, that's where this great cloud of witnesses is listed. They've been listed all the way through that chapter. That they are telling us story after story after story of the people of faith who have gone before us, people whose lives and testimonies stand as a witness. For us. They've run the race that was set before them and now they're up in the stands and they're cheering for us as we run the race that is set before us now. We never run alone. We've got this great cloud of witnesses all around us and this is so helpful. This is so necessary because while, yes, each of us has our own unique race to run, nothing we face is new for everything we face, there is someone who has gone before us, someone who has faced that same thing before. There's Abel, who gave God his best. Noah, who lived according to a future he couldn't see. Abraham, who was willing to offer God back the promise that God had given to him, and so many more. Every person who has ever walked in faith following after God Every person who has ever run the race that was set before them, they have something to offer us as we run the race that is set before us. So, if you're experiencing hardship, fear, rejection, persecution, pain, adversity of any kind, as you face those things in your race, know that there is someone in our cloud of witnesses that has experienced that as well. They've run that race too. If you're praying anguished prayers and enduring sleepless nights, they've been there too. If you're seeing prayers answered and praising God for it, they've been there. If you're wondering where God even is in your life right now, they've been there. If you're seeing God work miracles that you would have never thought possible, they have too. I'm not just running my race, we are running our race. Surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have been where we are, who have gone through what we are going through. They have seen and felt the things then that we are seeing and feeling now, and they are cheering us on. So it's not just my race, it's ours. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's our race. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. It's my race. And let's look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. His race. Last week I did this very annoying thing with the Go and Serve team. I know it was annoying. Don't shake your head, DJ. It was annoying. Charlie is saying, yes, it was, thank you. Last week I made them go on a lion hunt with me. Has any of you ever done this with your children? Do you know the children's book or you've done like the campfire song, The Going on a Lion Hunt? Anybody here with me know, okay, at least one nod, yes. It's a thing you do with kids, not high schoolers, I know. It's a very, very silly, you know, repeat after me thing. You gotta do the hand-clappy thing and you say, we're going on a lion hunt, gonna catch a big one. I'm not afraid, cause we're all together. Right, And then you do it. You go and you have different verses where you encounter different obstacles along the way, a tall fence, a big tree, a marsh, a lake, whatever, and you got to do the motions and climb it and swim through it. And they were like, what are you doing? This is dumb. I know. But the other thing that happens is every time you encounter an obstacle, the thing you say over and over again is you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can't go around it, you have to go through it. And it was dumb, but it was a dumb thing done for a reason. (laughs) Because it's true in lion hunts, and it's true in life. There are circumstances, there are experiences, there are situations that you can't go under them, you can't go over them, you can't go around them, you gotta go through them. And if we're honest, we don't particularly like that element of human life, do we? We do not like that life is hard. We do not like that there are circumstances and situations and experiences that are inescapable, that are unavoidable, especially those hard ones. Because if we're honest, we'd like our life to be easy rather than difficult. We'd rather feel happy than sad, we'd rather feel content than mad, we'd rather feel peaceful than anxious. We would prefer, if we had the choice, a suffering-free life. So if that's you, even just a little bit, I am very sorry to have to be the one to be the bearer of bad news. That doesn't exist. A suffering-free life does not exist told the team last week and probably some of you know about this back in the 1970s there was a psychiatrist by the name of M Scott Peck who wrote a self-help book called The Road Less Traveled It's a self-help book so it's put in that section of the bookstore when when you go in people who make their way to the self-help section they want to be helped Right? They want something that's going to help them out of their circumstance that they're in. So they're hoping for happy news. They're hoping for a, a program they can follow. They're hoping there's something that's going to lead them out of a circumstance of suffering. And so somebody who may have then or even now picked up M. Scott's book, The Road Less Traveled, might have been a little bit frustrated. Because The Road Less Traveled begins with one very important sentence. And the rest of the book follows after it. The very first sentence in this book is, life is difficult. Life is difficult. Life is difficult. It just is. But still, we want to fight against it. And especially, I see this in in Christian communities and churches. Sometimes we try to, like, Jesus our way out of that. Right? Like if you just we just we tell each other and we tell ourselves sometimes, like, well, I I, I don't have to suffer. I don't have to live a life that is difficult. If I just pray hard enough. If I just believe strong enough, if I have faith that is big enough, if I I I, if I go to church often enough, then, then maybe I don't have to suffer. And maybe, maybe then, But really the problem of this is we start to think that maybe, maybe because I'm suffering, because I'm in pain, because this race is hard, maybe the problem is me. Maybe the problem is my faith. Maybe I'm not believing hard enough. And that's so painful. And friends, I have to tell you, I have to tell you that if that, if that lie has taken root in your heart, please recognize it as a lie. A lie from the pit of hell. There is no amount of suffering that is avoidable by strong enough faith. If you are going through a season of struggle, it is not because Jesus has abandoned you because you don't have enough faith in him. It's not because you didn't go to church enough. It's not because you're not doing enough good things in your life. Life is difficult. Jesus himself said so. And we're feeling it right now. It's okay. It is a lie to say, have enough faith in Jesus and you won't suffer. And I know that that's a lie because Jesus himself is the one who said, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said it. Jesus knew that life is difficult. Jesus knew that it was true for every human being who has ever lived on this planet. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. Jesus knew that this was true, but Jesus also knew that we'd never have to go through it alone. As we run the race that is set before us, as we are being cheered on by this great cloud of witnesses that surround us, we are called to fix our eyes, not on ourselves and our own abilities, not even on the people in that great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on. No, as we run with perseverance the race that is set before us, we are called to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We are not running this race alone. Jesus is running ahead of us. Jesus is running ahead of us all the time, but especially in those times when the race gets hard. Jesus is right there with us. And here's why this is really important. Here is the really, really good news. Because Jesus, Jesus could have gone over it. Jesus could have gone under it. Jesus could have gone around it. Jesus chose to go through it. Philippians 2 tells us that though Jesus existed in the form of God, I want to pause there for a minute. Jesus existed in the form of God. Jesus is God. As God the Son, Jesus is co equal with God the Father and with God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. Though Jesus existed in the form of God, Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness. And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus could have gone over it. Jesus could have gone under it. Jesus could have gone around it, but Jesus chose to go through it. Jesus chose to go through it with us. Through all the ordinary problems and pain and struggling and suffering that go with running a race. Jesus chose to go through it with us to know so that we would know we never go through it alone. And Jesus chose to go through it for us. Through the extraordinary suffering of being killed on a Roman cross, of having the sin of the world on his shoulders, of being estranged from the Father on our behalf, Jesus chose to go through that for us so that we would never have to. Jesus ran his race so we can run ours, so I can run mine, So whatever lies before you in your race, you can run it if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, the one who runs ahead of you, the one who runs with you. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X P-R-E-S.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.